Chapter Twenty of Souls for Sale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Souls for Sale by Rupert Hughes. Chapter Twenty. That afternoon, the sandstorm was to be pulled off. Dynamos mounted on trucks carrying airplane propellers were gathered toward the two great dunes piled to the northeast of Palm Springs hiding who knows what under the sands heaped by winds that have roared down the san gorgonio pass for eons toward the greater of them a mass whose color had now the chatoyant luster of an opal five hundred feet high a hillock whereon no more vegetation grows than on an opal and whereon the light plays milkily through all the gamut of tinges the caravan moved the desert was to represent sahara in the picture and these actors and actresses were to convince the throngs that they were really a tribe of misery on whom fate heaped a cyclone of sand to crown their martyrdoms of hunger, thirst, and weariness. As the straggling hirelings of art trudged across the shifty floor of sand, panting between the heat that beat down from the sky and shot up from the glassy meadow, the air stood still and they cooked as in a firebox. Their feet fried and their hearts staggered, the suffocation sent a few of the crusaders to the ground gasping like fish in a creel these were gathered up and carried half dead to the shade where a physician restored them they were humiliated and grieved at the treachery of their own faculties the others hardly so much marched as tumbled forward mem was aided somehow by the ardor of her little success she felt that if she could only keep to the fore she might be offered another draught of the new wine of art by and by she overtook Tom Holby, who checked his camel to have a word with her. I'd ask you to take my place up here, but I'm afraid you'd be as seasick as I was the first time I rode one of these wallowers. But hang on to that strap, and it will help you a little. Mem seized a pendant strap and was hailed along. She did not know, and Tom Holby did not care, how much this interested the neglected multitude. After a time, as they slackened their pace to mount the dune in whose soft surface her feet sank above the ankles, Mem noted that the smothering hush of the air was quickened with little agues of wind. Gimlets of sand rose and twisted, ran and fell. A fiendish malice seemed to inspire them, and they were vicious as devils at play. Then the sky ahead was blotted from sight by a vast yellow blanket, it came forward as if giants were carrying it to spread over the terrified pilgrims. Ahead of it darted and swirled spinning dervishes of sand. The blanket, as it approached, became a wall hurrying, a vast dam driven by mountain floods in the rear. The crest of it was a spume of sand. The menace of it was as of a day of judgment. The actors had never seen anything of its sort, but they could guess what the camels knew, that it was of dreadful omen. A few years before, a herd of cattle rolling up from Yuma had been caught in such a sandstorm, and when it passed, they were all dead and buried. The camels began to betray the terror that the people surmised. They grew frantic with panic, but knew that flight was vain. They were at the mercy of whatever god it is that beasts adore. Tom Holby's mount, without waiting for command, dropped to its belly and stretched out its neck and closed its eyes against the peril. But the cameramen set their tripods and began to turn their cranks. 
they had the instinct of the trade and were hopeful that if they themselves did not live their pictures might tom holby dropped from his post and gathered mem into the shelter of the camel's bulk she did not know or care that his arm was about her as they stood peering across the parapet of the camel's back at the onset of the advancing niagara other women crowded to the same camel the rest of the crowd flung themselves down and dug their arms to the elbows in the sand lest they be swept away a courier gale leaped upon them in a yelling charge with whips of fire that flung the tripods over and the cameramen with them but still they persisted and shielding their lenses with their own bodies turned them this way and that grinding the cranks and picking up what groups they saw about them the torrid blast dashed the sand in shovelfuls upon the groveling crowd the great robes fluttered flapped belied and ripping loose went whooping the gliding precipice of sand arrived and hid the sun in a gruesome saffron fog and then precipice was avalanche with abrupt chill a brown cold mountain fell on them stopped the breath and played shrapnel on the skin in a maelstrom of dagger points that stabbed from every side tom holby wrapped his burnous about mem as they cowered in the lee of his camel the sand broke over their bulwark as breakers leap across a rock they were drowned in waves that did not recede the sand found them inside their robes it filled their nostrils their mouths when they gulped for breath the breakers of sand swept round upon them broke back over them and with a grinding uproar that threatened to split the ears they packed with sand tom holby kept struggling to fling off the hillock that formed about them kept lifting mem's head above the mound that grew sagebrushes ripped from their places shot by tearing the skin they touched roots of old mesquite went over like clubs prickly pears and masses of cactus hurtled past in the torrent suddenly the sand tide was gone but a sea of rain followed it cruelly cold and ruthless it turned the mounds into gobs of wet sand slimy and odious what had been a world of drought and frenzy became a lake in a squall what garments the wind had not wrenched free grew sloppy and icy and loathsomely sticky for half an hour the deluge harried the dismal caravan then in an instant the rain was over the hurricane of sand pursued by flood passed on up the valley to rend the orange groves and tear the fishing boats from their moorings the sun resumed his own tyranny and lashed the thrice wretched army back to its camp but the cameramen retrieved their instruments from the rubber covers they had wrapped about them with a mothering devotion and the director checked the retreat and formed it in groups for record the airplane propellers that had come forth to imitate the frenzy of the storm had yielded to it and were torn from their axles lost here and there beneath the new surface of the blinking opal End of chapter 20 Recording by Deanna Beauvais